game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Like, energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there, too. Uh, Buck. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey, how the hell are you? Welcome in to the Bucketeers podcast on a feel-good Friday. We got a full house today, not talking about the show with Danny Tanner and the boys, but we're talking about Buccaneer football today here on the Bucketeers. I'm your host, Tampa Tones, and we got some huge news we're going to bring up here in a second as we already got a good chat going on this Friday as well with Lucky Lucy in the house. Happy Friday. Thank you and happy Friday to you, Lucky Lucy. I hope your Friday is going fantastic as you prepare for the big Super Bowl weekend. We have MK saying Gene in the house, and that's what we're going to get to here right now, ladies and gentlemen. Get used to it here on the Bucketeers because we do have some news, some big news. Our guy Gene, our guy Gene from the Buck What You Heard podcast, longtime friend of the shows. I remember... When we were starting up the Bucketeers, Gene was on very early on. I want to say one of the first. I know right before a big playoff matchup, I've been on Buck What You Heard before at the same time. But I'm going to let the man speak for himself now. Without further ado, Gene is now a Bucketeer. He's going to join the Bucketeers podcast as much as we can. We're open arms here, and we're glad to have Gene. Um, Really going to give his insight, his knowledge. And all his good stuff, Tampa Bay, Bucks football, just talk some other stuff at times too. Maybe a little wrestling, just National Football League talk. Uh, you know, Gasparello when that's around, even though it's not for a long time now. But just a bunch of fun stuff to talk about every single podcast. And now we got another Bucketeer in the mix to do that with. And it is our guy, Gene. Gene, how the hell are you, brother? Long time no talk, lad. You could join us, and glad it's going to be more of a, uh, you know, permanent thing moving forward. Yeah. I'm excited to have you, man. I'm I'm excited to join you guys. I love the content. I mean, you guys really bring it every week, and I, I appreciate what you do. And I'm glad to be a part of this. Um, I love talking football, and I love how fan friendly the show is. And I think that was one of the big things for me is just that you guys really, you guys don't belittle the fans. If somebody's got an opinion. You know, you bring them in and you make them comfortable if they're in the chat. It looks like the chat right now is starting to get kind of live for us. So um, I'm here to, you know, just kind of help you guys out and, and you know, just fill in where I can. And uh, I'm li- really looking forward to this, man. I mean, this was an incredible season we had. Um, above most people, I would say 90% of the, the fans' expectations that we were able to do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that we were able to get there. And um, it, was a, you know, it was a big thing for me. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It was really an incredible season. 
a season that was looked down on by a lot of the fans, and that's okay. We understand we were 4-7 and seven at one point. Not a lot to be excited about, but really, I think we had a hell of a season, and Gene's going to go ahead a little bit later in the show and maybe give us some uh, bright spots or awards of his season as well as the Bucks did have, to me, an overachieving year. I'll call it an overachieving yeah. year. And we do love to talk to our fans, Gene. As my man Stunna says, we don't do super chat. We do Bucks chat. You know, we just yeah. all have fun. Everybody yeah. throws a comment in, and uh, we kind of dissect it and uh, see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, this is this is great. I mean, right now, getting to watch, the, you know, just getting to to watch this organization, and it's an organization that all Bucks fans should be proud of, uh, considering where we came from to where we are now. Um, just watching the general manager put in work, uh, looking at the head coach and how they are going about it professionally, bringing in replacements for uh, key components that have moved on to other positions. So to me, I'm, it, it makes you more proud right now to be a Bucks fan when you look at what Jason Light has done in, in, in his tenure and, and what even Todd Bowles is doing. I mean, you've got a head coach that's won two NFC championships in, in a row, NFC South championships in a row, and, you know, it's, it's Todd Bowles. And again, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later on at the end, towards the end of the show, but I've got a lot of things to say about that, but yeah, you know, just, it's great to be a Bucks fan right now. And, you know, you've got a competitive team and, you know, you're, you're happy to go to games. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. Yeah. You're really happy to go to games. And I remember there were some scare spots through the two thousands where you're looking around the stands and just not a lot of happy people, a lot of empty seats. And I know my man Stunna knows all about that as he is a season ticket holder. So we'll bring him in now. Stunna, how the hell you doing? Long time. No talk, brother. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, Thoughts on our guy Gene joining the show is MK says, shout out Gene. Everyone should hit the like button. Please do that. Let me mention quick. We are live on Gene's YouTube right now, on our YouTube right now, on Facebook right now. Wherever you're watching, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching on one of the YouTube, subscribe and do all that good stuff and turn the notification bell on. As our guy Neil says, I know Neil's watching right now. So, yeah, Stunna, how you feeling, brother? Oh, man, just really excited to bring Gene in. Been a big fan of Buck What You Heard for, you know, a great number of years. And, and now we Buck What You Heard Incorporated, and we're doing big things, man. We're about to blow up the whole bay like you thought we were and you knew we were. So it's just exciting times out here with Bucks Nation and uh, Buck What You Heard coming on with the Bucketeers. We're going to fire the cannons and hoist the sails. Go Bucks. Yeah, and really excited. It's like a great collaboration, right? You, you bring two great podcasts together, and you got one very great conversation. And whenever we go live and Gene's part of the show, as I just mentioned, you could catch our podcast, multiple YouTube channels. It's a beautiful thing with technology nowadays that you could do that sort of thing. Giovanni, hey, MK, happy offseason, old bud. Tom Bucks fan, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Tom. We love Fridays on the Bucketeers. Ain't that right, J-Lo? I think you're still with us, brother. How the hell you doing? How you feeling? And uh, another Friday, another show, brother. Couldn't agree more with Stunna. You know, adding Gene on, you know, it's an honor. You know, I watched your show as well over the last couple of years. Enjoy all the input you put in, you know, for the team. 
And happy Friday, man. Like I said, we got some fans in the house tonight, man. It's looking good, man. At, you know, the collaboration with Book What You Heard and Book of Tears, it's going to be a hell of a team. Yeah, I know Christopher Cole's our guy and Buck What You Heard's guy. I've recognized him for both shows, so an honor. He can be here Friday. Gene, real quick, oh. um, it's it's always fun, and it's always 360. I remember the Super Bowl year like it was yesterday, uh, you know, during COVID, as you're representing it greatly right there with the beat down in the bay. Mr. Winfield said, nah, <laughs> Tyreek Hill, no <laughs> cheetah stripes for you tonight. But, um. I remember just calling into your show. I, my family was calling in. It was a great time to be a Bucks yeah. fan. And really, we're the only team in the NFC now who has made the playoffs for four straight seasons. So kind of to piggyback off you with Todd Bowles winning back-to-back NFC South, the Bucks winning four straight or having four straight playoff appearances, a lot of newer Bucks fans, and by newer it's not an insult, but I mean people who are either new to the game of football or new to Buccaneers football, a lot of people joined during the year that either we got Bruce Arians in 19 or Tom Brady in 20, and they kind of are just used to winning or at least playing really good football, you know, and we're not really used to that in terms of consistency, Gene, but now you're seeing the Brady effect. Perhaps the franchise turned the corner. We didn't have Brady this year, and we did just fine. We did better than we did a year ago without Brady. So, Gene, do you think that's holding true? Do you think with guys like Bruce coming here, Brady coming here, Gronk coming here, all those guys, do you think that helped change the franchise, not only for this little run, but hopefully for, you know, the next decade or two, the Bucks are never going to be the yucks again. We're always at least going to have some sort of competitive edge as a hope. You know, um, I, I go back to when I was talking about Jason Light. And, and again, if you guys haven't known, notice, I am a huge Jason Light fan. Uh, when you when you go back to Bruce Allen, when you look at Mark Dominic and the combined ineptness that you had there for well over a decade of just uh, just horrible moves, you know, just across the you know just across the football you know time, and uh, you, you look at what Jason Light has done coming in, cupboard is bare, and he's continuously building pieces. And people can say what they want to; they want to bring up the kicker. And they want to bring up some, you know, here and there, you know, moves that that he made. And, uh, you know, what he's done was put together a team that brought in Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was a guy that's not coming to he's not coming to a rebuild. He wants to win. So you bring Bruce Arians in and then you get Tom Brady in who doesn't want to rebuild. They mm-hmm. want to win. So when you look at what he's done and, and what he's accomplished in his time here as a Buccaneer, uh, general manager. I mean, it, it, it's just, you, you have to appreciate that when you look at historically what the bucks have had to work with. It couldn't agree more. And we keep getting the love for Gene as our guy, Neil L says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mean Gene, what it do. <laughs> um, Gene, I agree with you though, Jason light. And I want to get JLo's opinion as well, man. We just got, I, I could talk. It, it's already 13 minutes in. Seems like I've been talking barely anything, but I just do want to advocate for light as well. I've seen throughout the season, during the offseason, a lot of people think it's always a game of Madden. They think everything's possible. They think we could do this and we could do that and we should be targeting this guy. We got to bring in this guy. And as Gene said, all they do is keep bringing up the missed 
kick in the draft, and no pun intended, but when we got Matt Gay, when we got Roberto Aguayo, yeah. these are guys that, you know, we had to let go shortly after. But at the end of the day, Gene and J-Lo, now I want to get your thought. Jason Light more than made up for that because he got us two great franchise kickers in a row, and I might be speaking a little prematurely on Chase McLaughlin, but he had the greatest kicking year. But we had Ryan Suckup help win us the Super Bowl. He was tremendous. Anyone that sits there and tells you otherwise, they're fooling themselves. Sure, he struggled with the long kick, but at the end of the day, that was a franchise change and move. And then to go from a guy like Suckup to a guy like McLaughlin and have that sort of consistency the entirety of the 2023 season at the kicker position, just unheard of being a Bucks fan. J-Lo, I agree with Gene here. I think Jason Light is awesome. And really, I know football's a weird thing. I know sports are a business. But I don't want to imagine this team at all ever without Jason Light ever in my existence of being a Bucks fan. No, I couldn't agree more. Executive of the year, man. They need to just extend the guy already and lock him in because he's been nothing but a miracle worker putting everything together with the awesome team he has with, you know, the people in the front office. Shout out to them as well. I mean, Jason Light has done so many great things. Even before the Tom Brady era, I mean, he brought players in like Deshaun Jackson, even though that didn't work out. And he brought in other players like Chris Baker, who's a bum, you know, but it is what it is. But, however, at the end of the day, he got Brady here. He got Bruce Arians out of retirement at, at the time. I mean, Sky's limited to be a Bucks fan, man. And to have Jason Light aboard is just a huge, huge deal that fans need to appreciate. Yeah, and Stunna, I'll leave this question up to you. <laughs> Do you regret firing Byron Lefwich? Um I'll I'll simply answer no. Stunna, what say you? I think it's Simon. Byron Leftwich, uh, definitely don't regret uh, firing him. Uh, Jason Lyons did a wonderful job as a GM. He made a, a lot of great moves and, and got us some great players. He fixed a lot of deficiencies we've had over the years from pass rush to secondary play. Um, you know, uh, really, other than Rich McKay, we, we haven't really had a lot of great GM uh uh, people uh, for the Buccaneers over the years historically. So, um, you know, and, and longtime Bucks fans remember not side of Doug Williams and drafting Bo Jackson and, uh, you know, iconic moves like that. But uh, we had definitely not wasted any draft picks. We definitely built our team and got some Hall of Fame players through uh, his picks, just like we did with Rich McKay. But Rich McKay had far more busts. Uh, you know, if we draft the MJ Stewart, we turn around and get uh, Carlton Davis, you know, my favorite buck currently. And, um, you know, anyone hating is just a fool. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm with Gene. It's a proud time to be the, a Bucks fan, you know, for what we suffered. Brady definitely had the greatest stretch in history. But uh, what we did this year with Baker and the offense it really was encouraging as well. $81 million over the cap and you you build a playoff team and take your team to the playoffs. I mean, it speaks for itself. And again, I think he's going to outdo himself this year. I, I think anybody that doubts Jason Light in this offseason and what he's going to do in free agency and with the draft, uh, you're fooling yourself. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, our pockets grow. Well, what would you do at 26, Gene? Um, at 26, I 
if if there's a good cornerback there, I'm I'm grabbing a cornerback to be honest. I mean, or or a safety. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I've I've been kind of looking. I just started looking. Um, we need somebody to compliment Antoine Winfield Jr. So, uh, you know, you can't put the load all on him, and they really need to be shoring up. You know, getting him a compliment mm-hmm. to to help. Our safety play was atrocious. I completely agree. And it, it's been bad for a couple of seasons now. And nothing against Ryan Neal, nothing against Logan Ryan. These are guys that Jason Light brought in on bargain deals to really try and help fill holes in this defense. We saw Logan Ryan do a better job of that. Ryan Neal this year had a lot of down moments. He was a little more of a shining star at the end when he had to fill in for, you know, our six linebacker spot because we were looking for them off the street. But, you know, uh, Tom says 2008 to 2019 was a desert. Sure was. Horrible. Gene, I want your thoughts on that comment real quick. Um, you know, now we're seeing the Bucks with Todd Bowles, defensive head coach, who's had a lot of success. Like you said, $81 million in debt last year, no big deal. Give me Baker Mayfield for $4 million. By the way, less money than Jared Stidham made last year. How do Todd Bowles and Jason Light do that? Pretty incredible job. But, Gene, um, you know, going from yeah. offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, head coach after head coach, you know, Lovey Smith, Raheem Morris, Greg Shiano's of the world, and then offensive coordinator-wise, Greg Olson. Remember him, Jeff Tedford. I mean, these are some guys that just didn't pan out whatsoever. Now you're seeing this Bucks team go after the young, vibrant offensive minds. And Dave can, even though Byron didn't pan out that last year, but still at the time, Byron, a young offensive, vibrant mind, um, he hit, he hit a wall. No pun intended. And then you've seen Dave Canales, and now you're seeing Liam Cohen. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks are doing a better job nowadays of kind of, quote-unquote, yeah. keeping up to pace with the competition and making these moves for these offensive coaches that really know how to, um, you know, innovate good offenses. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I will say this. They they have a direction. They have, they have They're building an identity. When you, when you look at Bruce Allen, there was no identity there. They were bringing in veterans to to work with john gruden um then once you get the rock star moron in there mark dominic um you know they they never address the trenches they never focus on the trenches they were just getting these shiny pieces here and there and they never really had a direction they wanted to go raheem morris got him a 10 win season in 2010 and um after a whole bunch of injuries in 2011 they just kind of tailspun and uh, I know a lot of people talk about the ownership and they were more keyed on um, on uh, Manchester. But I think Jason Light has shown you if you're smart and you have good talent evaluation, you could still bring in in good players on the cheap and still have a competitive team. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like, you know, the 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 GM and the head coaches were on the same page uh, throughout that season, especially with uh, with Greg Schiano and bringing in who he wanted. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to work with who he had. He wanted his own, his own thing in there. And sorry, KB, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I know you're a a Greg Schiano guy, but I would still launch his ass into the sun (laughs) if he were part of this organization. I, I just thought that was just a bad move. And I blame Chip Kelly and you know, the, we don't want to go down that path. He left us at the altar, Chip. Yeah, basically, basically. But, uh, you know, it's kind of getting back to that. You look at 2014, that offensive line was atrocious. The defensive line was atrocious. I mean, you had the secondary playing 30 yards off the ball 
and they were still getting smoked. But you compare that to what it, it has evolved into right now. And again, folks, if you're complaining about the Buccaneers, just look no further than maybe eight years ago, five, six years ago. And, uh, you, you know, it, it should really help you open your eyes to what a great opportunity you have right here with this with this coaching staff, with this uh, front office organization and and just what they're doing. You know, John Spitek and his uh, talent evaluation and, you know, uh, Green Greenberg and, you know, his capology and just everything they have in place is just six. Uh, it's ripe for success. I agree. And, you know, you got, as you alluded to, Spytech, Greenberg, you know, a couple ladies up there that do their thing. There's just a whole team up there in that Bucks front office that is clicking together right now. They know exactly what they're doing. As Olivia says, fire the cannon. Thanks for joining us, Olive. Yeah, Olivia. Shout Always. out to Olivia. Yep, shout out Olivia, as Gene says. Uh, Tom says, beating the Eagles in the playoffs never gets old. J-Lo, you were at the game. It didn't get old, did it? No, it didn't. It felt like a normal day to me. Or oh, normal night, I'm sorry. That was just an amazing experience. A Monday night. J-Lo, I, I have to ask you. Yes, sir. Was it more red than green at Ray J for that game? Hallelujah. From the moment I was tailgating to the game and after the game, there was so much more red than green. And that, that was just an amazing experience. I mean, the stadium was rocking like I'd never seen it in a long time since I was like a teenager. That's how loud that stadium was full of Bucks fans. And mind you, Brady less fans. So that's even bit to me that you have a guy like Baker Mayfield coming in Tom Brady's place and you feel a stadium full of Bucks fans. And it was just an amazing experience, man. And it never gets old because the Eagles, who are they, they are who they were. They were a beat down team. And what do you do? You beat them down and knock them out of the playoffs. That's right. That was good to see those dirty savages leaving out of there with their heads down. <laughs> oh, I was I was having a lot of fun, you know, singing na na na, hey, goodbye to them. <laughs> you know, of course something flipped me off, told me to, you know, go to hell. But I'm like, all right, whatever, you first. And Joe going back up to Philadelphia with the L. Well, you consider, you know, I I'm interested to see how they how those fans are in Brazil, because you know that Philadelphia is gonna be uh they're they're playing the game, a NFL game in Brazil. And I can tell you what, they're not gonna get away with a lot of that stuff they're doing in the US over there. I'm just mm -hmm. saying. I, I even tweeted out that hey, you guys pump your brakes because they're built different over in Brazil. Y'all disappear acting crazy over there. <laughs> no, I, I remember you didn't, and I responded, it's another level over there. Like I said, Brazil, like I said, they don't play, man. No, they don't. We gonna I mean, we, you, we you can bribe a policeman. You give a policeman like two hundred bucks, man, and make somebody disappear. <laughs> you gonna have Eagles fans going missing <laughs> that week? Man, when I was I was there for the first regular season Monday night game this year, Bucks Eagles. Mm -hmm. They were sobs. They were mean. They were you know they did gang up on they, us. They're young, were, man. They they don't care. No, no, they do not. And you know they there were a lot of them there, and you know. They said, oh, we're Bucks season ticket holders. I look at him. I'm like, well, the game that matters tonight, you're not rooting for the right team. So that's another problem. You know, a lot of them are Tampa natives now. But, Gene, when we implement, we're going to implement, like, this offseason, we're going to do Man Cave Mondays at times, and then we're also going to do, like, historic episodes. And I know you were at Germany for Bucks Germany, so I'd love to get that as one of the histor uh, history episodes is your experience overseas and 
how the I whole will tell you, I will tell you right now, just not to get off the subject, because I know we're kind of getting off Keely and we'll get back on. <laughs> that was the best NFL football game I've ever been to in my life. I swear to you. And I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you could you could have gone well, probably not the Super Bowl. Super Bowl and in Ray J. Winning the Super Bowl in Ray J. I would have to, I can't speak on that because I wasn't there. I should have been. But just what I experienced over there in Germany and all those Bucks fans from all over Europe that converged on Germany, it was it was incredible. That is incredible. And th- that really looked special. And I'm sure it even felt a lot more special being at that game. And, um, you know, definitely a bucket list item of mine is one of these days get out to a, a Bucks game that's overseas somewhere, whether it happens to be in London, Germany, Brazil. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> I'm not going to be like Eagles fans if I do that. That's for damn sure. Because uh, you will disappear. Trust they, me. Exactly. And uh, Gene makes a great point on that. And Eagles fans, they just always run rampant. As Neil says, hit that like button. Cleva me says, mean Joe Green here. He is the man. Um, you obviously know Cleva me, Gene. So. Yep, I've been on the show. We talk we talk wrestling more times than not. And there, there's a little bit of wrestling stuff going on right now. Um, Tom Bucks fan. Six playoff game wins, half of the franchise total 12, best in the division. MK, I'm going to go eat wings and drink some beers listening to you because that sounds delicious, man. What kind really of wings? Does, man. What kind of beer? What kind of wings? And why didn't you give any of us some, you know? Yeah, man. You got to share with the rest of the class. Exactly. Cheers, caring. <laughs> Should we get Chris Baker back? What? Chris- Swaggy. What wouldn't that big ox was at a hockey game or something making fun of Bucks uh, Bucks fans or something like? I hate that guy. I still hate that guy. Dude, I was there. I was there when the J Lo. Give us your Baker story. Oh, not Baker Mayfield. Not uh, clarity out there. Don't clip this. I I don't need to be swaggy. We're talking swaggy. Go ahead and say. Well, I don't know how swaggy he really is, but (laughs) I I think lazy is a better word than swaggy. But go ahead. Yeah, all mouth, but no bite, man. That's all I can say, all bark. I don't know that was at the Lightning game when we lost game seven to the Capitals, and he was, like, hounding on the Tampa fans, running his mouth. Mm. It kept going and going and going. I'm telling you, I I mean, I can't stand that guy. I don't wish anything bad to him. I know he had a stroke not too long ago, you know, but for the most part, he did. Yeah, he did. He had a stroke. I mean, he's recovering well last I checked. You know, because like I said, I don't wish bad on anybody. No, me either. But but at the end of the day, I mean, he he really kept himself out of here after one year, almost getting to find the locker room with the players. I think him and Quan Xander got into it toward the end of the season because Quan felt like you know Baker, Chris Baker just gave up, you know, and just didn't want to play his best. At the end of the day, you know, when you're paying, ain't nobody dissing Chris Baker, bro. We're just saying he just didn't pan out the way he needed. Well, I'll diss him. I'll diss him. Um, I seen him in Miami. I remember Big Nasty hollering at him. He just, you know, was he just arrogant? And then, you know, he cost us a game in Carolina, hopping off sides. He he definitely was sloppy. He went he went out nasty. He showed his ass in the Lightning game. I remember talking shit. I'm like, yeah, let's see what you do with the Bengals. He didn't even make it out of training camp. He just showed up with Deshaun Jackson. I don't even know why he got. I don't even know how or why he got signed. I guess they figured that. 
you know, he wanted to be here so bad or something, but um, he definitely didn't add a whole lot to our locker room. Yeah, and at that point, we gave him pretty decent money as well as the NFL continues to grow money-wise. But drafting Mike Evans, he's alluding to Jason. Yeah, Jason Light has had a lot of great draft picks. I mean, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, you look back at 2020, you got worse than Winfield in the same draft. You yeah. look back at last year's draft, it was incredible. He's done a hell of a job drafting Chris Godwin as well. Yeah, that's another good point. He drafted Godwin, I believe, in the round. I mean, three. you look at there, there are still players around the NFL that he's drafted and they're playing. What um uh Jeremy McMuffin is still he's with San Francisco, right? Yep, yep, he is. He's um I believe he's Snoop Dogg's relative. Yeah, Jer Jeremy McNichols McMuffin. McMuffin. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that's who he is to me is McMuffin. That's who he's always going to be because hey. he's you know it is what it is. And now you're making me hungry now, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Gene, we'll start with stuff. you. We'll start with you, Gene, and we'll go around the corner. Better free agent sign in Shaq Barrett or Baker Mayfield? I would have to say Baker Mayfield. As much as I love Shaq, I love the, the, I love the trenches. I mean, that sets the tone for, for most games. Uh, what I have to see from Baker Mayfield this year is, uh, and I didn't realize it, is a man can read defenses. And we saw that with Tom Brady, and we you know what you have with Tom Brady, but you look at some of your quarterbacks prior to that. You look at uh, McCown, uh, Glennon, uh, Jameis Winston. To this day, this guy cannot read a defense. I mean, he's about as illiterate as as Floyd Mayweather, where he just cannot read. He can't. He can't look. He can't get up to the line to look at a defense and tell you what's going on. He needs the uh, the coach to point all this stuff out for him. Um, you know, and again, it's just a, a breath of fresh air to see a to see a quarterback who can get up to the line and say, "Okay, I see what's going on here," and he works through it. Whether he makes plays with his legs or quick reactions, I know a lot of people talk about oh, he held onto the ball too long. But you know what? Uh, when I look at his body of work last year, I I have I have to apologize for being one of those people that said. Oh yeah, whatever. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, whatever. Well, we'll suffer through this year and wait for next year, but he exceeded my expectations and I can't stress this enough that he's, re he's definitely redeemed himself. I think, you know, getting a offensive coordinator and I don't want to jump ahead for you because I know we're, we're headed that way, but I'm just saying, I, I really believe he's going to come back. He's going to get signed by Tampa and I believe he's going to do big things. He's a, he's a good quarterback. And, um, I mean, I heard, I've heard, I listen to podcasts. I, I hate, I hate the four letter network, the three letter network. I don't listen to them when it comes to this kind of thing. I'd rather listen to podcasts. So uh, you, you listen to the Miami dolphins. There was a guy that said, I would rather have Baker Mayfield than Tua Tunga Valoa. And, mm. you know, realistically that, you know, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, the New York giants, I listened to a giants podcast. We would love to have Baker Mayfield here. I think he would be a, an improvement over what we have. So the fact that Baker Mayfield wants to be in Tampa, he's shown what he can do. And uh, in, in my opinion, I would love to have him back. I think, you know, you kind of have solved your, your quarterback problem in to some degree. Uh, just, you know, it looks like you just need to work on numbers and you, you've got your guy back here. Yeah. He's so, just so, so to me, you know, just what Baker's done. And I love Shaq Barrett. I love what Shaq Barrett brought his first season. I love how consistent he's been. I know that you don't see his numbers, and a lot of people think sacks are sexy. They are sexy. They're cute to look at, 
But if you get in quarterback pressures, there's, you know, you can't really put a, you can't put a highlight reel on pressures, but what he's doing to the quarterback, they're having to scheme for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Shaq Barrett's doing his thing, but overall, I would take, uh, I would take Baker Mayfield over a Shaq Barrett. And pressures equate to turnovers a good amount of times or, you know, intentional groundings and penalties and holdings and all those things. So that's a great point, Gene. Stunna, Baker, Shaq Barrett, better free agent signing under Jason Light. I got to go with Shaq just because we got the ring and, you know, world championship. So it panned out and he we got him when he was peaking. They're both kind of fines. But, um, you know, Shaq, and um, we were able to re-sign him as well, okay? And I don't know if we can re-sign Baker. Uh, if if we do, that would be awesome. You know, it's not – we're never going to be able to pick number one overall, you know, because we're always going to have that, you know, six to eight wins that are going to keep us out of it. But um, – which is why I wanted Lamar Jackson back in the day when we got Vita Vea. But that's another discussion. But, um, you know, just getting the ring with Shaq, you know, him, uh, you know, what he did for our defense, the problem we had to edge, you know, for them years. And we, we mentioned earlier the clock numbers. To me, the clock numbers there was worse than, than, than the uh, creamsicle. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the fact that we were able to get edge rushers like him and Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, put together with the Super Bowl. Now, going forward, if we could re-sign uh, Baker Mayfield, he will be better to me just because, um, you know, he's the number one. We'll never get a number one overall pick. His reason he was number one overall pick makes Kiki make all the NFL throws. Obviously, we drafted that high. And, you know, to get a town like that. And to me, also, Jason Light does better with free agent quarterbacks than drafting. Yeah, J-Lo, what say you real quick on the uh, Baker, Shaq, Barrett thing? Tom Bucks fan says Whitehead is a free agent. He is, but I'm sure the Jets are going to throw a bag yeah. his way. Yeah, they are. Uh, he, you know, he played really good there, Gene. I think he had three interceptions in a game there this and year. he stayed but, healthy. That was the trick. That was the trick. Healthy for that hard of a hitter is crazy. Yeah. J-Lo, Baker, Shaq, so far you got Gene with Baker and Stunner with Shaq. Oof, man, tough one. You know, both of y'all made strong cases on both, you know, sides of it. But I'm going to go with Baker. I think Baker, you know, coming in, winning the locker room, winning the fans over. Because you got you to gotta admit, I mean, he came in, and him and Tristan Wirfs are like besties now. Like, i never seen Tristan Wirfs be so interactive with a quarterback. No disrespect to Tom Brady, he's always going to be the GOAT. But to me, this is like a different vibe I'm feeling with Baker Mayfield, what he's bringing here. I think he's matured a lot throughout, you know, his process, getting, you know, getting this the way he did in Cleveland, having to go to a sorry organization in Carolina and then finish strong in L.A. And then he comes here on a reasonable deal. He bet on himself. And, you know, sometimes when you bet on yourself, you know, you play at your best. And I feel like this man might give us the best chance of winning a championship. That's how far I'm taking it. I mean, this guy, you know, I like his dog fighting him. He's got so much dog in him. I mean, he was battling injuries like a champ, and that's something you got to give props to. This man was taking hits. I'm like, Mr. Brady, you know, throwing the ball down. But at the end of the day, I got to go with Baker. That's my pick right there. Also, 14 years younger than Brady, you know, 15 years younger than Brady. He could surely take a little hit and uh, recover a little bit better than Mr. Brady could. But that's neither near – I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think it's kind of like 
when you ask someone MVP, you know, it's like a quarterback's award. When you ask someone this, you could easily make the point for Baker being the quarterback. Right now, though, I lean Shaq a little bit because he had that 20-sack season. He has a Super Bowl with us. You know, he's just done so many incredible things with the Bucks. Obviously, a very tragic offseason last year, both health-wise and off the field wise, rest in peace to his daughter still. But now you see him, him and his wife, Jordana, they had a nice, um, beautiful looking child not too long back. Maybe he's going to be on the up and up and rebound this year. I don't know if he'll be with the Bucks this year or not, but I'll say this about Shaq Barrett. Class act, one of a kind, one of the best human beings I remember ever putting on a Bucks uniform. Um, and I'm not just fluffing that. The guy is a class act. Never, I don't think he has a bad bone in his body. And uh, I don't think Baker does either. You know, Baker's another incredible guy as well. So, real, you can't go wrong either way. I love Baker. I love Shaq. I think both paid dividends. Neil said center when it comes to the draft. Maybe JPJ, maybe Zach Frazier from West Virginia. Um, Tom says need an edge rusher. Kind of ironic. We were just talking about Shaq. Fire the O-line coach. And real quick, I do want to get into our O-line coach. Speaking of fired O-line coaches, Ours was fired from the Rams not too long ago, but we brought in 40-year-old Kevin Carberry, who has a pretty elusive background, Gene, J-Lo, and Stunna. He has a pretty good football background, and he's actually from up the road from me, Oaklawn, Illinois, not too far from here, about 40, 50 minutes from where I live. He went to St. Rita High School, which Pat O'Connor went there as well. Um, That's in the city of Chicago on the outskirts. One of my good buddies, Eddie who used to be a, um Illinois congressman, actually went to St. Rita. So um, interesting stuff there, uh, for better or for worse. But 40 years young, Mr. Kevin Carberry. And I love when you get former NFL players as coaches, right? He was an O-lineman for the Browns, the Lions, and the Carolina Panthers. Played in some other professional leagues as well. And then it started his coaching career in 2007 and 2008 as a special teams coach and defensive coordinator, actually, fellas, for St. Ignitus, which is an Illinois school right by me as well. Then he went to Kansas when Charlie Weiss was coaching there. As a rock chalk. Yeah, rock chalk, man. And Kansas, their football program's hell of a lot better now than it was back then. But, you know, Still very great school to coach at, Kansas. And then Stephen F. Austin, defensive ends coach, Dallas Cowboys offensive assistant, Washington Redskins, 2016 to 2017 assistant offensive line coach. Then he went to Stanford as a run games coordinator and offensive line coach under Coach Shaw. Then under Liam Cohen, Rams offensive line coach for 2021 and 2022 Liam was their OC in 2022. A lot of people are bringing up bad stats, this and that. Hello, Kevin Carberry is an offensive line coach, won the Super Bowl the year that their running backs are Sony Michelle and Darrell Henderson. So yep. you got to look at it full picture. And then Gene, he ended, not ended, but the last stop he was at was in New Orleans as an assistant offensive line coach. Obviously, Joe Gilbert had his guys fighting a little bit, but you know, I think the last couple of years, our run game left a lot to be desired. Sure, pass pro was pretty good. But, Gene, but, take it away from here. Thoughts on Kevin Carberry? I, I like that. I, I You know, when I look at – when you people want to bring up the Saints. And uh, you have to kind of go back to the general manager. You've heard me talk about general managers. And uh, what Mickey Loomis has done, he hasn't done that offense any favors. You, you don't have quality offensive linemen. You're not drafting him. You're not bringing them in through free agency. You've kind of 
stuck with, you know, the bare minimum with what you can have. I, I believe that he will be a better fit with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love the continuity that they have currently with this offensive line group that they have. Um, sadly, you know, shout out to Ryan Jensen. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is for Cam Jordan. You cry, baby. And uh, Cam Jordan, I'm sorry that, you know, Mark Dominic didn't draft you, but you don't have to take it out on us Bucks fans because I know you wanted to be here when we won that Super Bowl in 2020, you big baby. So let's get over yourself. You know, there is a career in sports sports broadcasting as soon as you retire next year because i i doubt you're going to do anything else this year so <laughs> i would just look towards the future of being in front of the camera because that's all you have left for yourself and you will be ringless but yeah, and he's a jackass that's all yeah, i wanted to add in. he really is but he's but a candy getting, ass. getting back to this here um i i like the i like the move I think there's continuity between the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. I think they work together. And and the one theme that I've seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is continuity. I mean, you you look at uh you look at what Todd Bowles has done on the defensive side of the ball and and how they performed. Um, you look at uh you know they went out and painstakingly chose Dave Canellas, who ended up becoming a a, a offensive uh, a, D, a head coach for Carolina. You look at what they've gone through trying to find the guy, the right fit for Baker Mayfield here in Tampa with this offensive coordinator. I think they're just methodically going through and doing these things to put this team in a position to win and, and be successful. And I believe that what they've done, especially with the continuity that you have at offensive line, and you can only build on those trenches in, in the draft or possibly even free agency, I, I see big things for this team going into next season. Yeah, I agree with Gene 100% there. I think continuity within coaching staffs is key. Liam Cohen, Kevin Carberry are key um, cogs. They know each other very well. And you know what else is nice, as Gene related to as well? He's coming from the Saints. He knows a lot about the Saints, you know? So um, that'll be very nice having a guy come over from the Saints coaching staff Give us their ins and outs a little bit. Not that their offense is that great, but Richard says I blame Mark Dominic. Yeah, he he made a lot of mistakes. The guy was um, a bum. He had no business. I mean, if you look at his history, the guy was a swimmer. I mean, he had no football experience whatsoever. He had no business being a general manager, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, he made a lot of bad moves, and he had no business being a GM. Stun of thoughts on Kevin Carberry. I know you're an offensive-minded coach. For the high school ranks, uh, you know, do you agree? I love that, Gene, by the way. We got to get uh, some of those uh, maybe. Shout out to my man, Game Changers. That is awesome, bro. Well, I'll talk to you off air about that. That's pretty damn cool. But um, stun of thoughts on Kevin Carberry is Tom says Greg Shiano is awful, ruined Josh Freeman. Shiano wasn't a great coach, but I think Josh Freeman uh, maybe ruined Josh Freeman. But that's another story we'll get into this offseason. I'm sure as well. But Stunna, Kevin Carberry, being an offensive guy as you are, do you like this coaching move? Yeah, I love the coaching move because, like Gene said, continuity with the OC. But in, in, in another sense, this really shows how great um, Todd Bowles is and that he is not, you know, going to sit by with the staff that's going to make him, you know, look bad. He's going to go make moves, fire them, and bring in the, the staff that he wants that he can win behind. 
And I think it also shows how great uh, Bruce Aarons was because he was winning with all these guys that uh, we have since had to fire and send uh, to other staff or other uh, organizations. So uh, I love the move, and I, and I love that um, Todd Bowles is not afraid to retool his staff. And I really think Todd Bowles, um, you know, I, I wanted to hire him uh, myself, and I think that he's really done a great job uh, thus far with the Bucks. Yeah, Stunner, you've always loved Todd Bowles. Uh, and I'm sorry, I, I have to say this. I apologize. To no, Todd go Bowles. ahead, G. I apologize because I was wrong, and I do not have a problem admitting I was wrong. As a matter of fact, I'm happy being wrong that Todd Bowles is taking his team where he has. So there will be the Todd Bowles Baker Mayfield apology tour as we go through this season, because I was wrong and I'm glad I was wrong. And I'll say this. I mean, when Baker, the day Baker signed with Tampa, I was a hundred percent on board because whenever my team brings someone in, I get on their train right away. But coming into this year, I was always pretty skeptical of Baker as well in terms of, Hey, you know, you heard a lot out of Cleveland. You've seen how it went in Carolina. Eh, is he the guy? But, Stunna, you've always been pretty high on Bowles and Baker, so I will give you that. Always had Baker. Um, I wanted him when he went to Carolina in the trade because then he could have sat behind Brady for a year. I was just at the game where we we beat them in overtime when he was a quarterback at Cleveland, and Winston was our quarterback. And, you know, Winston had that game one in the first quarter. And then, of course, he threw interceptions the rest of the way. But Baker never quit. He is, you know, he liked just like what um, uh, Chad um, said, uh, Rashad White said in the interview about him being, you know, just a warrior and he just has a killer mentality and he goes to battle guys. And so I always felt that about him even back in that game because it was a hot, muggy game and he really came to play that day. Yeah, as Tom Buck's fan says, swaggy half sack in 17. J-Lo, before we get to you, going to go through a couple comments. They were really ugly in 06, yada, yada, yada. Tom is going Shaq. Baker was a huge win. That's how I feel. But, J-Lo, give us your thoughts on Kevin Carberry before we get to one of our coordinator hires, which is uh, intriguing to say the least, for better or for worse. We'll get into him as well. But the final thoughts on Kevin Carberry, sir. The floor is yours, J-Lo. I mean, you can't hate on it. I mean, I feel like you know, in this league, we're going younger in coaching. I feel like we're getting a lot more younger between head coaches, assistant coaches, and the guys have a pretty decent resume. And plus, you know, he's familiar with Cohen. And when you're familiar with Cohen, then you're going to be familiar with Baker. So this is all about making Baker Mayfield comfortable, possible with coaches he's worked with in the past because he was – he also has experience working with that offensive line coach in 22 toward the end of the season. So I got to say, you know, I mean, maybe not my top is higher, but, you know, I'll take him. You know, I won't, I'm not going to knock, you know, Todd Bowles for the hirings. He's putting together his football team, keyword, his football team. Out with yeah. Bruce Arians coaching staff, no disrespect. Thank you for winning the Super Bowl. But now this is Todd Bowles' time. And I think he's putting together a pretty strong team. And we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But so far, you know, I like to hire and just keep making our team better. Yeah, and let's not forget Todd Bowles was hindered in two off seasons. As we do have Tampa Realtor David Ferrara joining in the house on Facebook. Awesome stuff. A good buddy of the show's Ed Rabasa joining on Facebook as well. So good stuff over there. We appreciate you guys tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, wherever the hell you might find us. But uh, yeah, you know, Todd Bowles, 
had two very hindered off-seasons. The first one, he was thrusted into head coaching role midway through the off-season, and when that happens, you can't pick your coaching staff or personnel, really. And then this past year, Gene alluded to it, I alluded to it, he had his hands tied with the cap. He had negative $81 million, I believe, to be exact, heading into the year. Tom Brady retiring caused that cap to go way up. So, you know, kudos to Coach Bowles for bringing in a lot of his guys right now and um, over the past couple of years and kind of shaping the staff. Speaking of bringing in his guys, you know what interested me? The special teams coordinator hire, not that I'm going to sit here and say it's a great one, not that I'm going to sit here and say it's a terrible one, but Thomas Magoo, uh, you know, I'm going to struggle with his last name here. If anyone knows how to, you know, say it correctly, feel free to correct me. But Thomas McGoffke, McGoffke, um, however you might want to say it, experienced NFL veteran, played in the NFL for a good amount of years, special teams coordinator with the Giants the past six years. Interesting fact about him, he lasted three Giants head coaches, guys. That's not easy to do, right? Because usually when a t- coach comes in, they get their guys, like we're talking about now with Todd Bowles getting his guys. Here, Mr. Thomas McGoffke lasted in the Giants for Joe Judge, for um, Brian Dable, and he was brought in by Pat Shermer, I believe. So pretty impressive stuff there. He used to be the Texans, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the 49ers special teams coordinator as well. Jets special teams coordinator the year before um, Todd Bowles got there, so Bowles didn't retain him. But, J-Lo, we'll start with you here. Thomas McGoffke, former NFL player, now the Bucks special teams coordinator. Just like Kevin Carber, uh, Carberry being from my area, Thomas McGoffke is from Chicago as well. Thoughts on bringing him in as I'm going to get to a couple more comments real quick as Gene will be back in the house here shortly. But before we get to J-Lo, Brad Johnson and Tom Brady were free agent Super Bowl winners. Yes, sir, they were. 28's a good age, referring to Baker. Christopher says, if the Oregon Center is there at 26, they better run to pick him. JPJ, you're referring to, he had a really good um, senior bowl as well. Well, he got hurt early on in the senior bowl, but he still fought through that. Brad and Brady, biggest issues. They were old men when we signed them. Still worth it. Exactly. Shaq picked six versus the Bears. The dial is pointing upward, says Justice Muhammad. We draft another defensive disruptor to harass quarterbacks. We did get Kalijah Kansi, Yaya Diaby um, back this year. Carberry is a line coach in the Rams Super Bowl year. Yes, he was, and we talked about that a little bit as well um he did win the super bowl there but j-lo uh got want to get your thoughts on the special teams coordinator hire here quick plenty of experience experienced special teams coordinator i mean it can't be any worse than what we had in armstrong no disrespect to him at all i mean i like the hire keith armstrong so. everybody keith Arm- atlanta's finest exactly Atlanta's finest for sure. But I think, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll have some gunners getting out to the punt returner, you know, stopping him from gaining yardage, from which I think it's been our hardest thing the last couple of seasons. And hopefully he'll motivate the kid, the punt returner not to just run out of bounds. I try to get some more yardage. Because to me, Armstrong, I feel like destroyed J- Jalen Darden on the punt returns. Yeah, just run to the sideline. Just run to the sideline. No. 
use your agility, use what you did in college to get these people out of their shoes. But at the end of the day, he's gone now. We got a new guy in, and we'll see what he does. I mean, I like his experience. His resume is pretty strong. And also, I think he won a Super Bowl. He was on a Super Bowl winning team, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back and he look at He was with the Giants when they won. A, um, he was an assistant special teams coach with the Giants when they won a Super Bowl. You are right there, Jayla. So, so he's got a taste of what winning a championship is, which is good. You know, we need that kind of recipe in here to build, you know, a possible, you know, championship winning staff. So you bring a guy in who knows, has experience on winning the, the big game, the big Super Bowl game. Yeah, I agree with you there. Always good to have experience. Um, plus, from Real Bucks Talk, our great friend says, Hi, friends. Good to see you both. Always great to see Dr. Plus in the house. Stunna, your thoughts on the special teams coordinator? Hire Mr. Thomas McGoffke, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. After the pod, I'm going to go do some tongue twister exercises <laughs> and uh, see how I did. Um, you know, Keith Armstrong. Uh, he he was consistent, but we really never did a whole lot. We historically have not had great special teams in Tampa um, outside of Carl the Truth Williams and Michael Spurlock. Um, and, and, of course, Deshaun Jackson, who the refs like to call back his punt returns. But, can't forget um, about Clifton Smith. Which one? Clifton Smith. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, Clifton Smith. He was a Pro Bowl alternate one year, I want to say. No, he must have been a uh, special teams gunner, not a returner. But um, I just remember the play against Cincinnati where they snapped the ball behind Geno Hayes' hip or he wasn't looking for it, and I'm in the stands calling, snapping to him and get this first down because I felt like Cincinnati was taking the momentum from us. And, uh, you know, I called from the stands. I felt bad that we couldn't execute that play. I I felt stupid. Oh, Gio Bernard? Gio Bernard, yes, sir. And you know, real quick, I want to point something out as well, Stunner. The Giants only had one kicker punt return under him in six seasons there as well. I think it's a good hire. I, I'm glad we did it. Um, I, again, uh, Todd Bowles, he's retooled staff, and I think that uh, you know we're the South champions, and we're trying to retain that that title belt. Yeah, Gene, what's your thoughts on it? I do want to say that as well. Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, uh, speaking of Twitter, Pops did pop in on Twitter and said, Gene is the man. Glad to hear him on the Bucketeers. Let's make a great Super Bowl run next year. Must be in the works. So, Gene, you're getting a lot of love tonight, my friend. Well-deserved on your end. And before we get your special teams coordinator thoughts, I will say uh, Samir Ali from the Loose Cannons asked me the other day on X, hey, how many return touchdowns did he get in his time with the Giants? The Giants had six kick or I'm sorry, one kick or punt return touchdown in his six seasons there. And in that same time span, the Bucks had zero kick or punt return touchdowns in six seasons here. So one is better than none. Um, slight improvement, but a little bit of improvement. Justice says your pal KB obviously hates Coach Bowles. I'll let you handle that one, Gene. Yeah. And also yeah. Thoughts on special teams coordinator hire. I, I think it's an intriguing move for better, for worse, but thoughts on Thomas McGoffkey. Uh At this point, I'm kind of indifferent uh, only because I don't know the level of talent they've had. I really didn't get to follow uh, the Giants as much as I should have. Uh, I don't know the level of talent that they have on their special teams. 
I, I felt like there's always room for improvement with the Bucks, uh, with uh, Jaden Mickens, with some of your other, uh, with some of the other uh, pieces that they've had in on special teams. And I think there, there's always room for improvement. And uh, we just, uh, and, and again, not to take anything away from uh, our, our previous uh, special teams guy, but uh, maybe it was time for a change and, and this may make a difference. And I'm going to come into this season with an open mind and let's see what he does. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does as well. And hey, if Todd Bowles is picking him, I'm trusting him because right now Todd Bowles is one for one on the special or on the offensive coordinator hires and special teams coordinator is to be decided. So we'll see how that goes over there. But I'm intrigued by the hire. I think any, like I said, for the alignment, anytime you could get a former NFL player as a uh, coaching option, I think that's a good thing. And Thomas McGough, a former linebacker back in the day, is uh, going to bring that big stick energy to the table, I believe, as well as Bud is joining us as he says, feeling good. We got tempted saying I'm biased to Baker. We share a birthday. Besides that, the guy brings the energy. Hopefully we can sign him. And then um, Justice Muhammad says again, um, I wonder Keenan McCardell will land, blah, blah, blah. Um, we, yeah, Keenan McCardell was last year. We did interview Keenan McCardell for those wondering like we did Antoine Randall this year. Um, I think Baker will take a bit less, 38 to 42, to get back to Mike. Well, hopefully he takes around 35. That's really what I'm aiming for. Gene, thoughts on where you'd like to see Baker Mayfield's money this offseason? Uh, I'd like to see it ideally around the 30 to 35 mark. What say you? Um, you know, when it comes to, to uh, the salary cap, I, I leave that to the experts. Uh, I feel like they they know they know best. Uh, I would love to have Baker back. Uh, better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And we we've seen what what you can get from a Baker Mayfield, where he's well coached and he has uh, players and opportunities to make plays. Uh, I love I love what he's done, and I would love to have him back. Uh, I think this gives the the Buccaneers an opportunity to uh, you know somewhere along the lines draft somebody that can sit behind a Baker Mayfield. Uh, and and get ready to come in. I don't I don't think pulling in uh, free agents at quarterback is sustainable. I would love to see them do something a little bit uh, a little bit different eventually in the future. But I'm I'm happy with Baker Mayfield, and I I hope I, you know just based on the moves the Bucks have made so far, I think he is going to be the guy that they are keying in to bring back. And and Baker wants to be back in Tampa, so he takes two to tango, and I think they're they're ready to get out there and dance. Speaking of all this Baker talk, um, he got snubbed last night to me for comeback player of the year. To me, it should have been DeMar Hamlin or Baker Mayfield. I could see why or why not you want to give it to Hamlin. It is an award where you come back from something crazy. The man did pass away twice on the field, as crazy as that is, and he did come back and play football. So if you wanted to give it to the wildest story, to the craziest story, absolutely give it to Hamlin. But if you want to give it to the player – if you're going to give it to a player, how do you choose Joe Flacco over Baker Mayfield? Joe Flacco was a turnover machine when he played this year. Joe Flacco only played, what, five games this year? Baker Mayfield played all 19 games, including the playoffs, that is, obviously. And he was not a turnover machine. And, oh, guess what? By the way, 
Two teams showed Baker Mayfield the door last year and said, adios, you're dead to me. The Browns did that, and the Panthers did that. You know what Joe Flacco has been doing in his whole career the past five, six years? Making a very good living as a backup quarterback, and teams wanted him. Nobody wanted Baker. Jared Stidham, the Raiders' backup quarterback, made more money than Baker Mayfield last year, in part because no one wanted Baker. So to me, it either had to be DeMar Hamlin if you're going for the sympathy aspect of the vote, or Baker Mayfield if you're actually going for the competitive nature and story side of the vote. I'm mad that Joe Flacco got it. Should have been one of the other two guys. J-Lo, what's your thoughts first on that? We'll go around the clock. Yeah, that was just horrifying. I couldn't believe that Joe Flacco got that award. I just don't see how he beat out Baker Mayfield and DeMar Hamlin. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that DeMar Hamlin's alive and well, you know, in great health. But at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield has the better story out of the other two when it comes to playing football-wise. DeMar Hamlin, of course, surviving. But at the same time, I mean, Baker should have got that award hands down. That's just my opinion. I know some people may disagree. That's fine. But Joe Flacco was like a slap in the face completely. The guy came off the couch. He performed maybe average. Average, if you want to say. J-Lo, to your point, I've not, to, to this minute, to this hour, I haven't seen anyone on Twitter yet arguing that Joe Flacco should win it. I've either seen DeMar Hamlin or Baker Mayfield. I haven't seen a Joe Flacco argument yet, J-Lo. No, I mean, the guy has been a journeyman backup. And you got somebody like Baker Mayfield, who was pretty much on his last heel of being a starting quarterback. And he went in there and not only won the division, but beat the defending NFC champions at the time, not going to matter the playoffs. He performed on a high level. And yet you see Joe Flacco in the Houston game, he threw out, what, three or four pits. And I think two of them were returned for touchdowns. So at the end of the day... Flacco winning, I mean, I feel like it was a Browns, you know, favoritism because two other awards went to their guys. I think the head coach had coach of the year, and then they got – D'Amico Ryan should have got that as well, to me. It, yeah. Exactly. It's just a complete joke all around between the Pro Bowl, the awards. Well, that's all – yeah, Pro Bowl, a whole nother topic of jokes right there. Stunna, do you agree with J-Lo, and do you think Baker got snubbed here? Or, uh, you know, do you think it was Joe Flacco being the deserve a man there? Again, I think it was a two-man race. Much, You know, you, you had DeMar, you had Baker, depending on how you felt. What say you, Stun? I agree, DeMar or um, Baker. The, the comeback player of the year to me has come back from injury. You know, but um, – I guess you could see if his he made his career come back. But Flacco, you know, he was just a journeyman quarterback who made a playoff run for the Browns. So it definitely didn't come back for anything to me. But um, I, I like to see awards and Pro Bowls, the Pro Bowl MVP uh, being more with Baker to me. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we want to hoist the trophy. Yeah, and, you know, the nice thing with Baker is he had a lot of fun at that Pro Bowl. He actually cared to be there. He was compassionate there. A lot of guys – you've seen Jalen Hurts. He didn't look like he was having fun out there. He kind of looked like it was like, a, oh, this is all right. You know, I'm just here making my 44000 If I lose, my 88000 If I win, Baker was out there dancing with Amon Ross St. Brown, 
you know, having a great time with C.J. Stroud, soaking it in with the Manning brothers. But, Gene, uh, what say you? Do you think that man deserved the comeback player of the year, or do you think Flacco deserved it, as Pop says? Who the hell voted on that crap? Terrible Baker over Flacco in that aspect. I agree there. Yeah, you know, there's been a chain of just wrong choices uh, throughout this season, and this is just the epitome of it. And it just, again, it, it goes back to, it reinforces why I don't watch mainstream media. I don't, I don't get into the, I would rather talk, listen to a podcaster, somebody who's invested in this team and they don't have a narrative that they're trying to push. There is no way that Hamlin or, or Baker doesn't win that award. Um, Flacco had no business even being in that conversation. Uh, the guy is still bad. He was bad to begin with. He was good. He would he would be on a starting on a team somewhere. The guy has no business, you know, even in this conversation. I mean, you look at what Baker Mayfield did. As was mentioned, he went from Carolina. Carolina did not want him, and they cut him. He goes to the you know he goes to the Rams. He loses out to Sam Darnold, and he goes to the he goes to the Rams. Mm -hmm. So I I just can't wrap my head around this. You know why why was this even a thing? And uh, again, I just look at his stats and there's nothing that I can see that would even make me change my mind or come even close. I mean, when he finally came up against competition, he folded up like a tent and, you know, <laughs> he, he did what we expected Joe Flacco to do. But when you look at what Baker Mayfield did, Baker Mayfield turned around a locker room. He came in behind Tom Brady and turned around a locker room. And if you know, I know a lot of teams can't understand that, but that speaks volumes. You're talking about the greatest quarterback of all times, and you're coming in behind him, and you come in and you're competitive. And you've got the the fans, you've got the players, you've got the locker room, uh, the the organization behind you wanting to bring you back. So that again, that speaks volumes. And um, you know, he could have came in and um, oh yeah, he could play bare minimum to make his money just so he could go somewhere else. But no, he showed compassion. I mean, his fire throughout that season was, uh, you know, I, I didn't, it was next level. I didn't expect to see it, but that's what you saw from him. And there's just, like I said, no way that um, Joe Flacco exhibited anything even remotely close to what Baker Mayfield did. And I agree with you. And I put it like this on, Twitter earlier and um, you know a lot of people seem to agree to, and we've all said a lot of these points already but I go wow last night proved the annual NFL awards maybe losing some luster with comeback player of the year and more two teams gave up on Baker last year Browns and Panthers not a lot of love for Baker this offseason settled for less money on the market than Jared Stidham and a lot of other quarterback talents Bucks had a new offensive coordinator and a handful of other new offensive assistants last year, mending in with Baker as well. Baker played 19 games, including playoffs, and played his tail off, ended up making the Pro Bowl, winning that MVP. If DeMar Hamlin would have taken home the award, I think people could have made sense of that, even though yeah. he had a lack of statistics. But the fact of the matter that Joe Flacco won it over Baker Mayfield is just baffling. Cool story aside, Flacco had nothing on Baker, and even his story wasn't better. Flacco was a sitting duck turnover machine in the pocket who played a handful of games. Baker protected the ball very well, made plays with his legs, and he played the himself. entirety of the season, Gene. So, 
J-Lo and Stunner. That's my takes. It seems like everyone agrees with us as well. And the testament on that, the awards, the awards kind of contradict each other. And then we're going to get to some Gene Awards, if he has any for us, for his Bucks things of the year. J-Lo and I gave our awards um, last week for that. But real quick here, contradiction. If Kevin Stefanski wins a coach of the year, how the hell does Flacco win comeback player of the year, right? Because if Stefanski's such a good coach that he won coach of the year, it Flacco, you know, it, it's a contradiction there to me. Yeah. It, it's either Flacco, if D'Amico Ryan's is coach of the year, you can make more sense of Flacco being the comeback player of the year. But if Flacco, quote unquote, had the coach of the year, how do you give a guy like him the comeback player of the year? Yeah. So, you know, to me, there's a lot of holes in that, kind of like a piece of Swiss cheese, but. Yeah. Who am I kidding? Um, Gene, though, we're speaking of awards now. Before we get to our Super Bowl predictions and picks, you have any Bucks awards to share, my friend? Um, anything? I, I do. I do, and I'm, I'm going to go through these real quick because I know I've been, like, hogging up all the time, and I apologize, but I'm just excited to be on here. I'm just excited. To, glad to be here, guys. Glad to we, be here. We love having you, man. Never be sorry and never feel like <laughs> you're taking up too much time. You know, you, we're honored to have you as a bucketeer. And for those that missed it earlier in the episode, we did love to announce that Buck What You Heard, Bucketeers collaboration. Gene is now a bucketeer, and we're very excited to have him. And he's going to bless us with his Bucks Awards right now. All right. And I want to start at the top. Uh, 2024 Bucks MVP for me is Jason Light. Uh, hands down, Yaya Diaby, uh, Kalijah Kansi, um, Baker Mayfield, uh, just those three right there should should easily put him as an MVP um, on, on any team, just what those guys have accomplished. And we're not even talking about some of the undrafted free agents that were brought in, uh, you know, within, you know, within the organization. So I, I will tell you this. I mean, what Jason Light has done with the amount of salary cap room that he had, uh, is nothing short of amazing. And as a Bucks fan, I've never seen this before. I'm not used to this. But uh, to me, I trust the process. That's why you, you're not hearing me like, you know, banging the saber about, you know, Mike Evans, because I know that Jason Light has a plan and I trust the process. So uh, definitely uh, he's my MVP. Um, in most improved player, uh, I gave that to Rashad White. Uh, just because, you know, playing behind Leonard Fournette, and then coming in, uh, you know, as a starter and doing what you did. I mean, I know it's all-purpose yards. He's 10 yards off of getting a 1,000-yard season, which we haven't seen since Doug Martin. And and to me, just what he's done to come into his role, I'm excited I'm excited for him for next year to see what he's going to bring. So um, Rashad White gets my improved player of the year. Defensive player of the year, I had to give it to Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm -hmm. I, I went back and forth. I gave it to I gave it to Levante David. Then mm -hmm. I erased that, and I gave it to Antoine. Then I gave it to Levante, and I gave it to Antoine. And it, it just came down to, you know, what each player means, um, you know, in their respective position. And I, I had to give it to Antoine Winfield Jr. just because of his play. Um, and, and, again, this is no slight on Levante David. Whenever there was a play, one of those two guys was near the ball every single time. And so it was just, it was a tough choice, but it, it kind of came down to that. And I'm showing my biasness for my offensive player of the year by giving it to Mike Evans because Mike Evans is my guy. 
Um, once in a generation player. Um, as a Buck fan, I've never seen a player like a Mike Evans, and I hope we get him back. So um, for that uh, offensive player of the year, I gave it to uh, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, Cody Mock uh, was my offensive rookie player of the year. Yes, um, and and I love the 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 leaps that he's made in developing a uh, in in adjusting to the speed of the game throughout the season and how that offensive line is gelled and how he's a huge part of that. And a lot of people are like, well, we didn't hear his name. That's a good thing when you don't hear an offensive lineman's name because he's not screwing up. Exactly. Um, I mean, and, and again, um, I, I expect big things from him. If he could stay healthy, uh, you know, with the loss of Orion Jensen and getting a guy that's hungry like that to come in, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, defensive, uh, defensive rookie of the year. I gave that to Yaya Diaby. Uh, the guy who's been playing lights out. You look at the number of snaps he's gotten and the amount of productivity that you've seen from him. And towards the end of the season, you've seen where offensive coordinators are having to scheme for this guy. Mm -hmm. And he's a rookie. So to me, that tells you that, you know, he's played at a level to where people have to pay attention to him when he's on the field. They have to know where he's at. And he still, uh, you know, continues to make plays. So, um, my letdown of the year is is Devin White. Uh, mm. Devin White has continued to um, uh, just spiral. I mean, he's 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 been inconsistent, but he's at inconsistent now at a level that I've just never seen him, and it's a shame. I understand he's had injuries this year, and uh, you know, uh, again, uh, I'm not going to take anything you know from him. You know, he did have injuries, but I did expect to see more from him. There were times where he was 100% healthy and the mental mistakes that we saw from him, liability and pass coverage uh, on a continuous basis. Um, he was just, you know, I, I didn't expect to see this kind of spiraling out of control. And, you know, this was a contract year for him. This is a year he could have set himself up to go to another team and really get some big money. But again, it is what it is. But uh, those are my picks. And thank you guys for listening to me. And um, back to you. I think they were very good picks. And obviously, I, you know, the thing, the weird thing about Devin White was coming into the year, you had hopes of, hey, maybe, you know, this year we'll get him back on track. And he showed a little bit at the beginning of the season. And then he kind of downward spiraled. And then at the end of the year, when KJ Britt was a little banged up, he came on strong two of the last three games again. And he's kind of just this inconsistent guy and player who gets over-emotional, it seems like, when, you know, he can't really deal with criticism or a bad game too well. And that's really the key on being a successful athlete. you got to take these things in stride. And, 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 and there are things you have to keep in-house. And, mm -hmm. you know, what he may not have liked his, you know, the way the Bucks handled him. I understand that. Uh, you know, you go out there and you handle things, you know, professionally. And, and I'll give you a good case in point, not, not to take up too much time here, but um, the way Gerald McCoy left and, mm -hmm. and went to Carolina, and I look at Indomit and Sue, they couldn't come to an agreement with the Bucks. professionally just walked out, went to another team. And you could tell, you know, that's why I say, that's why I call Indomit and Sue my 93, because he was professional. And he provided so many memorable moment, moments in a small amount of time for the fan base and you can't help 
but uh, you know, just look back on on his limited career here and wonder what it could have been had he been the guy that the Bucks had drafted. So again, that's that's just a little sample size of what I'm talking about here. But I I hope that uh you know wherever you know wherever Devin White ends up, I hope that you know I hope it's good for him, and I hope that you know uh, maybe a change is what he needs. And isn't that kind of ironic and funny? And that's why we love sports as well. And we're about to get to our Super Bowl predictions and final words here. But um, yeah, Gene, I think you're 100% right. The irony of, you know, McCoy and Sue being back-to-back picks. And then all those years later, Sue kind of comes in for McCoy and takes the torch and runs with it in cases of many fans. And to this day, I'm one of them. And although I did like GMAC, Nadamik and Sue brought the noise here, brought the heat here. He came here in 2019 when he didn't have to, right? We didn't have Brady yet. We didn't have Gronk yet. We didn't have a lot of these guys yet. Sure, Bruce came here. And, uh, you know, I remember we signed him late in free agency that year as well. He waited. He was patient. A lot of people were, oh, is this a good sign? And ended up being a great sign and was a great buck for three seasons here in yeah. Tampa Bay. And we really appreciate Endomic and Sue and all that he brought to the table, brought ferociousness and brought us a ring. Speaking of rings, it's a weekend where somebody gets a damn ring. And it's either going to be, um, you know, the Mahomes family, which is turning into uh, the Munster family, getting very scary over there between Brittany Jackson and Patty Sr. And then you got the Swifties, and you got a lot of noise going on in Kansas City. Yeah. And here you got San Fran, who's kind of, quiet fans and you know they're kind of making it easy to root for them as he says real quick do you think Devin White's st- nope Devin White's done in Tampa he's, I, he's done I don't care if he wants to take less he's done but um JLo we'll start with you Super Bowl prediction San Fran who's quietly becoming America's beloved seemingly against the Mahomes and Swift the Knights or do you got the Mahomes and Swift the Knights of the Kansas City Chiefs it's been a tough one all week. I mean, as much as I want to see the Niners win, I don't want to see Mahomes win another ring at the moment. But I'm going with Kansas City with the field goal win, 27 to 24. Give me Chiefs. So you're a Swifty. Um, no, I'm kidding. But no, oh, I mean, come on, I'll be like that. <laughs> that's a, hey, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, you know, one of the most polarizing, popular figures there are. So you know. If you're Swifty, be loud and proud, brother. Stunna, are you going to be a Swifty on Sunday, or do you have McCaffrey and company? Yeah, man, you know, I'm not a big Kansas City fan, but I'm definitely picking them for Sunday, and I definitely don't want to see the Niners uh, get six Super Bowls. Definitely grew up hating the 49ers. Definitely uh, hated Joe Montana growing up. Definitely uh, couldn't stand the fact that they got Steve Young from us. And definitely going to be rooting for... That's a fair uh, point. That's your best point yet. You know, your other ones in, but the fact they got Steve Young from us, you got a gripe there. Well, they used to run the score up on us. You know, they used to try to run our nose. They still do. When we played out there this year, um, you know, they're... Just a bunch of noxious jerks, you know. Just if you if you ever have standard sit around Niner fans or sit in stands with them, you'll you know you just get a disdain for that fan base. 
most of my rivalries are in the NFC, so I, I typically do root AFC in the Super Bowl year after year. And that kind of makes sense, but, you know, modern-day Chiefs fans, I guess, they, they kind of sound a lot what you just described right there. So, you know, it, it's interesting to get the different views and thoughts as Bud says he'll never root for KC, and then you got Richard saying 49ers are just a West Coast Dallas Cowboys. So that right there shows the splits and odds and ends of the spectrum for this big dance. Gene, are you going with J-Lo and Stunner? Are you on the Chiefs train as well? I'm hoping for a tie. I hate both of these teams. <laughs> uh, Brittany Horseface on on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It was oh, made me like physically not, you know, made me not even want to eat my lunch. And then you know, Jerks and Mahomes gets away from gets out of all the trouble that he got in. And then you know, I just I do not like Kansas City. I, I you know I don't like Kansas City. I mean, you see the shirt I'm wearing right now, and then. On the flip side of that, Niner fans are the worst. They're insufferable. And when they, the, I think the last Super Bowl they went to, um, Colin Kaepernick, I think, was the uh, quarterback. And when they lost, I was so happy. And they just kind of went in their little their little hole or their cave, and they, they went away. Mm -hmm. And you had to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But now here they are. They're coming out now. They're starting to get kind of loud and they're trying to tell people about, you know, their history and all the Super Bowls that they've won. So I'm I'm just like, I'm I I think this is gonna be a good game, but mm -hmm. it's just hard because I hate both of these teams. I really do. I like Brock Purdy. Uh Christian McCaffrey, I, I like Christian McCaffrey. I'm I'm good with him. I, I wish there, you know, but I wish there could be a tie. Uh best case scenario that there there would be a tie in the Super Bowl. I can live with that, but I don't, I know they would never let that happen. So, um, I, I have to kind of break this down to, I'm down with John Lynch. Yes. And that's kind of where, that's kind of the direction I have to go. John Lynch. I love the man. I love everything that, you know, he's still a Buccaneer to me regardless. Um, so I have to like, in my mind, scale it back to say, Hey, I'm down with John Lynch. And that's, that's where I'm rolling. That's how I'm rolling. Cause I don't, I don't, want Patrick Mahomes to never win nothing else again I hope he ties you know the rest of his his years I hope he never wins another Super Bowl if it, if I had my way I mean that's just what I think of Kansas City so um probably end up being a uh you know rolling with uh John Lynch I'm supporting John Lynch and what he's doing I'll just put it that way and I couldn't agree more. I was waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to say the words John Lynch. And I was like, tip of the tongue. And then Gene <laughs> comes in and saves it. And that's why I'm on the 49ers as well. If you're a friend of mine, you're a friend of mine. And John Lynch is a friend of all of ours. He really helped yeah. develop the winning culture in Tampa Bay. And it really makes me, uh, man, whenever I see him in a Denver uniform, it makes me shudder and should have never happened. He should have been. I'm a still mad at John Gruden, that scumbag for that. Um, I could tell you stories. I've heard stories from, from players, former players, and I do not like John Gruden. I will never, John Gruden's right there with, um, with Greg Schiano for me and Mark Dominic and Bruce Allen. They're all in that same lump together as far as I'm concerned, because John Lynch and Mike, what he did to all start too. I, yeah. I just don't even get me started on this. So um, I'm going to get off of this because I'll need therapy here pretty soon. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm down with uh, John Lynch and uh, the Niners. And what he did to Sap as well, right? You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of these legends ended up leaving town unwillingly 
and Simeon uh, Rice. yeah, Simeon Rice is another one. But we could have a whole special on how that Bucks team got effed up, not in a good yeah. way. And uh, I'm going with San Fran. I'm going with my guy John Lynch. I'm going with Brock Purdy. I hope he gets one. The only reason why I went in San Fran in the original Harbaugh, Harbaugh, because I wanted to see Randy Moss get a ring. That's why I was rooting for them back then. They came up short. The last time the Chiefs played them, I was pretty indifferent. But as uh, Gene alluded to, I don't want to see Mahomes winning. I want Brady to kind of hold that throne forever of having that Super Bowl run. Not only because he was here in Tampa. Believe it or not, I was a Brady guy before he even came to the Bucks. I don't really care about Deflategate because that stuff isn't like steroids where you're literally, you know, you listen to Brad Johnson, you listen to a lot of these quarterbacks. A lot of them did that with the deflating of the balls. Pat Mahomes, his family just makes him so irritable. Deflategate was about um, LeGarrette Blount being a fumbler. It never really had anything to do with Brady. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, yeah. There's that, but um, as Gino and, and honestly, dude, real just just real quick, uh, you know the the thing about Kansas City is you know they're they're what they they've won three championships in yep. the 500 years that they've been in the in the league. <laughs> and the Bucks Bucks are at two. Um, you know the Bucks won at home, and uh, you know you can't take anything any of that away from us. And uh, again, now he you see Patrick Mahomes on every freaking commercial. I just want all that to go away. I really do. I just want all, and it's not Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, I think, has been on a football broadcast. Her picture's up like 18 seconds throughout the whole game. Yeah, it ain't a long time. It's just I'm I'm not I'm not against her. I actually have a lot of respect for her and you know in in her career. But that family right there, they they are the worst. And the second I saw horse face on there on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it just it's deflated me. That you talk about Deflate Gate, Deflate Gate Gene Part Two <laughs> is what you got from that right there, man. It's and, just, and Gene, I think you're 100 percent right. But you know what makes it bad for Swift is that she has to, she like gets lumped into the the Mahomes yeah. family for better or for worse because mostly she, for worse. Exactly, you know, she has to be next to Britney and put on a fake smile and then. Yeah. Jackson, who this man Kirk, literally, Kirkson. he literally danced on a dead man's, um, you know, honorary moment in Sean Taylor. So give me the 49ers. I can't root for a team like the Chiefs. I'm going 49ers 23, Kansas City 21 in an epic battle between Kansas City and San Fran. And really what I think, as Gene alluded to and the other guys, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Um, I don't see a blowout happening one way or another. I think it's going to be really, really fun. But, Gene, if you're not familiar yet, whenever we wrap up here, it's already an hour and a half before I got to start paying overtime and pitching out overtime for the payroll here. Um, We're going to give our final word, and this is just a segment where one thing you're looking forward to in the near future, football-related, sports-related, whatever it is, kind of give the final word here in J-Lo. What's yours, brother? I do appreciate you battling the storm and joining us tonight, JLo. And uh, what's your final word, brother? First and foremost, welcome, Gene. Welcome to the team. Excited to have you, bro. Can't wait to talk more about football with you in the future. And Fuck what you heard. Yes, sir. Fire the cannon. Fire the cannon. <laughs> My guy, Gene. But, but, 
but at the end of the day, we you know we're a family on here. You know, like I said, from and now we've had another family to the to the group. And like I said, looking forward to talking more about football, man. Like I said, it's going to be a fun season coming up, fun off season. Talking about the football. And like I said, hopefully we'll come out with some fun episodes, man. Like like um, Tones mentioned, maybe talk about the past a little bit or who was the better team. But we'll talk about that later. But at the end of the day, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Let's get to the offseason and build a stronger team. I do have some good guests lined up, including Florida International's newest. This will be my final word. Congratulations to my brother, former Bucks cornerback Anthony Gator. He was promoted to Florida International cornerbacks coach just the other day, and that's his alma mater. That's his alumni, Florida International, and he's really helping this youth coaching staff move. He's only in his late 30s. He's already went from defensive assistant to outside linebackers coach to cornerbacks coach, and it's kind of funny. Whenever Gator used to come on the podcast when he was retired after his Canadian football days, I asked him, is coaching ever in your future? He said it's something he'd love to do, but later down the road, well, look at him. Just three, four years later, already one hell of a coach. So we will have Anthony Gator on here in the coming week or two to really talk about the Bucks season, his promotion, his coaching, and all that stuff. And we're going to get uh, James Canada, former Bucks and Colts D lineman, on the show as well. Pick his brain a little bit. He's a fun one. I'm sure uh, Gene's going to help get us KB, Kenny Barrett in the house too. So oh, yeah. nothing but good stuff here on the Bucketeers, and that's my final word. The good times are going to keep rolling. Welcome the lean, mean Gene Machine. He's awesome. Longtime friend of mine and friend of the shows at this point. Can't believe it's already been four or five years of talking football with my man Gene. So, Gene, once again, uh, welcome, brother. Can't wait to talk with you. Can't wait to continue the Bucketeers climb, and can't wait to get these uh, Buck What You Heard thoughts, opinions, and uh, so much more, brother. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, final thoughts. I want to thank all you guys for, you know, welcoming me on the show. This is going to be fun. Um, I just want to contribute. I mean, that's that's my whole thing. Uh, I do want to shout out to everybody in the chat, uh, everybody that contributes. I mean, this is what makes it fun uh, because your voice should be heard as well as anybody else's and, you know, in, in the, you know, the sports arena. So thank you for all that. Um, really looking forward to the off season and, and seeing what the Buccaneers are going to do. Uh, we do have the, the combines coming up and then the draft. So it's going to go fast and uh, just in, you know, enjoy the off season as much as you can. This is the last game of the season. Let's uh, let's have some fun, even though it's two God awful teams that you don't like <laughs> go out here and just have some fun with it. And uh, you guys, we're going to do something special. I know, um, you know, as we, uh, as we get closer to the season, who knows, it may be possibly camp or something like that. It may be meeting up at Arrowhead or who knows. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something that we'll link up and we'll be able to do something in person for all you guys. And that would be incredible. I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. And uh, Gene's right. Be on the lookout. We got a lot of fun stuff coming. Speaking of fun stuff, Bruce Arians' wife, the lovely Christine Arians, just like my tweet for Baker Mayfield's case for comeback player of the year. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get a uh, Jake Arian sighting on the podcast, former NFL kicker and son of Bruce Arians. But Gene, awesome first episode. Stunna, take it home on the final word, brother. Um, I know you you have something good to say. Fire the cannons. It's time to represent. Let's get into this draft talk. Let's get into this free agency talk. 
Let's get this all season going. Let's get on some seven on seven football. Let's get, let's let, let's uh let's get this podcast going to number one on Spotify, YouTube, all your social medias, X, you name it. We coming home. We the Bucketeers. We get a new intro. We get a new outro. It's a new year. It's a new season. All season, baby. Go Bucks. And I do just want to give a shout out quick to the podcast listeners as well because. Um, seven of our past eight uh, on YouTube alone have gotten triple digit views, including our Liam Cohen show, which is at half a thousand views. And we keep the climb coming and now adding Gene, you know, adding all these new listeners. I mean, so many new faces tonight alone. It's been awesome between Bud, between Tempe 1D, between Richard. So really, buck what you heard, Bucketeers, Gene joining aboard, just going to provide that much more fun football talk. That much more fun podcast talk. You get our listeners, his listeners, really have a lot of good stuff to say. Having fun convos all night long. I mean, thank you, everybody, for joining. From Olivia to Tom Bucks fan to Justice Muhammad to Tempe One to Bud. It's been really incredible. As Dave Castle is joining us now on Facebook as well. So really one of those things that's been a lot of fun. Gene, Stunna, JLo, on behalf of Cats, on behalf of Bucko, on behalf of Huncho, who weren't able to make it tonight, we hope they can soon because we went from a six-pack, we called ourselves, and now we're the Wolf Pack. We're the Wolf Pack here on the Bucketeers. Oh. So everybody stay blessed. Have a great, safe night. Three, two, one, fire the damn cannons. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Gene, it was an awesome first show with you, brother. Looking forward to many more. And same with you, JLo and Stunna. All right, guys. God bless, man. Take care. And again, new video coming soon, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to incorporate all the Bucketeers into that as well. So God bless everyone. Have a great night. Gene, awesome stuff, brother. We'll talk soon. Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone up there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there, too. Uh, Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>